Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals. Concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences. You name it, Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD to save $10. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 82. Kenny Sill stops by the show and talks about how to find good ideas. Do you ever find yourself wondering if your idea is good? Should you keep going down the path of your next story or novel on this idea that you think is so good? Well, Kenny is going to challenge us, inspire us, and show us how to find good ideas for our next book or novel or story. And we're going to talk a lot about a lot of other things too. And uh, so I hope you enjoy this. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everyone, to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and I'm so glad you are here. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, often, and well, help you get unstuck, and maybe even build a business with your words. Maybe you want to leave the day job. Maybe you want to supplement your income. Maybe you just want to write for the fun of it. Wherever you are, aspiring writer, seasoned writer, best-selling author, whoever you are, I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, we have another great show coming at you. Episode number 82, Kenny Sills stops by the show, as I mentioned earlier, and we're going to talk about a lot of things, where we get ideas, why those ideas are good or not good, or how do we find them, and you're going to be surprised if some of his answers, and we, of course, talk about a lot of things, not just that, and you're going to love Kenny's story, another inspirational story 
uh, a guy who had this novel idea and sat with it for years and years and years and finally got it written to some great success. And he's working on a second novel as well. And we talk about that and uh, has some great advice for us and some great encouragement for us. So thanks for stopping in today. However, you are hearing me in your ear canals, your ear buds on the train, on the plane, feeding the dog on the run, on the treadmill, on the, on the bike, doing the thing. So glad you're here. And uh, I don't know where you are today, but uh, you know, we are post election 2018 election day was Tuesday, uh, I believe. Was that Tuesday? Yeah. And, uh, you know, whenever you're listening to this, we're on November 8. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been some crazy times. And I wanted to encourage you. This is not a, a political statement by any means, uh, but this actually has to do with writing. We're also in the throes of National Novel Writing Month, which, you know, has been outshadowed by election day and politics and all that. But for us artsy kind of people, National Novel Writing Day, the uh, not, I should say National Novel Writing Month, not day, uh, is the month of November, uh, a great organization that encourages people to write a 50,000 word rough draft of a novel in a month. And uh, yeah, it's a great, uh, great tool, a great community to be part of. It's actually how I wrote my first novel many years ago. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you, if you haven't thought about doing it or doing something like that, it's just a great way to kind of get started and get your feet wet and, uh, and do it with a, a great group of people, really hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, so national novel writing month, nanorimo.org, And I'll put that in the show notes too, but I was thinking about national novel writing month. And, uh, actually, if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I, I give some tips and tricks on how to write a novel. And, uh, especially if you are doing national novel writing writing month, NaNoWriMo. If you're not, it still applies to you. And there's some great advice in there. Hopefully it helps you, serves you well, wherever you are in your writing journey. But I was thinking about writing, I was thinking about novels, thinking about art. And I think when, when times are crazy, when, uh, things aren't going well, which is really always, uh, you know, and that could be not just politics, but that could go into family and friends and neighbors and communities. And there's just a, a shooting recently here. Uh, which seems like it's happening every other week, every two weeks, every 10 days, you hear about another shooting, which just seems crazy. And, you know, and I've said this before many times on the show is that the world needs your art and we need ways to express ourselves, healthy ways to express ourselves. We need ways to, um, tell stories and tell encouraging stories and build each other up and, uh, and, and get those stories out in the world. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people think, well, that's just escapism and we're not really dealing with the real problems of our day. But, you know, I think art and I think literature and I, I think creativity is just a gift. And I believe from God, you don't have to believe in that, but, uh, but, but it's something that, that God gives people to express themselves, to make the world a little bit, a little bit better. And I, and I think it's not, I don't think it's escapism. I think it's about thinking about our world, thinking about the darkness that's in all of us, uh, but also how we remedy that darkness, how we deal with that darkness uh, and, and your books and your stories and your art are really important. And it doesn't matter if you get paid for it. It doesn't matter if you're a well-known commodity. It doesn't matter if you make a bestseller list. I think we need more art in the world and we need to share that art, even if it's only with our kids or our, our, our spouses, our partners, our, our neighbors, even if it's just for ourselves, I think we need to, to, to just continue to make, make art and create new and better culture. And, uh, so that's just my, my, my words of encouragement today. 
And uh, as I talked to Kenny Sills, uh, we talked a little bit about that too. And just dealing with, with darkness, dealing with our own pain, our own anger, our own struggles and, uh, and how writing and, and, and storytelling can be a, a great avenue to, to deal with those things. So without further ado, here is Kenny Sills. Welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host Ryan Pelton, and I'm so thankful and blessed today to have Kenny Sills on the show. And uh, Kenny is a author and uh, has a, had a book out that came out a few years ago and is working on another one. And we're really glad to have him on the show. So Kenny, why don't you say hello? Hey Ryan, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, man. Well, hey, thanks for uh, for reaching out and uh, having you on the show. Thanks for being flexible. I know we had a little some schedule conflicts, uh, but hey, Kenny, before we begin, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us a little about your family, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah. Well, I live in St. Louis. Uh, I was born and raised here in in town. Uh, I moved away to Texas uh, right after college to get away from a girl, and I was down there for five years. I've been uh, training in martial arts ever since college, and. Uh, Moved back to St. Louis uh, back in 1999 uh, for another girl, funny enough, and we ended up getting married. And we've been married for six years now. And uh, I own a martial arts school here in St. Louis, and I teach uh, people uh, with disabilities, mental and physical uh, disabilities, as well as typically typically developing folks as well. And uh, I write uh, as much as I can. Well, great. Um, yeah, I had uh, had Joe R. Lansdale on the show a little while ago, if you know who that is, and he's a fellow martial artist. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us kind of what, what kind of martial arts, um, how'd you get into, uh, yeah, kicking butt? Well, I always wanted to do it as a kid, you know, growing up watching the Bruce Lee movies and the Jackie Chans and all that, and uh, begged my parents to let me get into martial arts, and they just never would. So my first day of college, I took self-defense one because I could, <laughs> and um, I t- you know, I took that, and I took some judo for a little bit, uh, met a guy uh, at an open mat uh, named Julian, who was doing some pretty cool stuff, and I said, hey, uh, can you teach me some of that? And uh, years later, he tested me for my black belt in a style that's called Kajakembo, uh, which actually is the first American martial art. It was uh, created in Hawaii back in the uh, late 40s. And uh, it's it's not like a taekwondo, like a sport point sparring kind of thing. It's it's uh, if you've heard of Krav Maga or anything like that, it's it's tactical defense, how to get away from with your life if someone's attacking you, kind of stuff. Okay, so very very practical in nature. Uh, uh, yeah. If somebody's yeah. attacking you, how to get away? That's always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, is is this kind of martial arts? I know a lot of the martial arts has you know very you know it's it really is about you know focus and discipline and things like that. Have you have you found that to be helpful uh, in your writing? Uh, actually, yeah. Um, you can get into a mindset uh, when you're doing martial arts where that's like the only thing that's going on in your world at that point. Uh, same goes with with my writing. Um, I do horror, and uh, I I turn on some classical music and I just get into a mindset of the the characters in my book and uh it's like that's that's all that is is going on in my entire life when i'm writing is is that story and those people 
Yeah, I, I find that interesting because I, you know, I, so much we talk a lot about on this show and and things I write about uh, when it comes to craft is how much of it is really uh, a mind game, <laughs> and you know, for, yeah. for good or ill. I, I think it's you know a lot of times we're yeah. we're looking for, you know, I, if I just had that software, if I just had more time, but but a lot of times it really <laughs> is just kind of getting our minds in, in in the right right place to, you know, write those it stories and, and get the work done. Um, yeah. So that's great. So, so let's back up a little bit. So tell us a little bit kind of what, you know, growing up family, you know, you're, you're a whole writer now. Um, you, you know, been, yeah. it sounds like you've been writing a while. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of early influences. What, how'd you get the, uh, the writing bug? Well, I wrote a lot, uh, growing up. I mean, even in, in grade school, uh, my second grade teacher, uh, told my mom that if I ever married someone who could spell, I'd, I'd write a bestseller because <laughs> I, I was a good speller. Uh, luckily we have word and, uh, you know, <laughs> spell checker now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got in, into college and, uh, I, I liked, uh, writing a lot, a lot of creative writing, uh, a lot of classes like that. And then, uh, after college, I moved away to Texas and I still wrote a little bit on my own, just little stories and things like that. Um, until I got, uh, kind of struck with this one idea, um, and, uh, decided to write the story that I did write about my book and um it's like i couldn't i couldn't not write it it was it, it was just growing and growing and getting better and better and uh now i'm working on uh, my second book uh which is uh it's gonna probably be a trilogy that when i'm done uh, with my story okay well great so so let's talk about that so early influences like you know obviously as a kid you know getting into writing really enjoying it um, something right. that's kind of been around, you know, around you for, for a lot of your life, you know, did you have, it is, and yeah, go ahead. I was going to, I was going to say, and what really influenced my style of writing was, uh, some really special men, uh, Freddy Krueger, you know, Jason, <laughs> Michael Myers, <laughs> those guys really influenced the way I write and the way I think, uh, when I'm writing. Um, I, I really like that kind of, a uh, sci-fi kind of, a you know, how, how can they keep going? You know, how can they kill and, and get mm-hmm. killed and keep getting up and going That particularly that my story is exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Got some elements. Um, but, but the old horror stuff is what I grew up in, with and what I really love. And that, uh, I think shows in my writing. Hmm. Well, I find, you know, it's a, so many horror writers that we have on the show and, and, you know, guys and gals that I've, you know, read and, and heard in interviews and things, they're always, you seem like a very well-adjusted person and, uh, you know, I could be totally wrong, but, but, you know, it's always, I see where this is going. Well, well, I always find it interesting, you know, people that write horror, they, you know, they tend to be some of the most, you know, normal, you know, even yeah. killed people and yet they write, you know, right. scary stuff. So, so kind of what, right. what is it that kind of draws you to that genre? Like what, what kind of, you know, gets in you or what, why do you tell these kinds of stories? Um, I guess because it's, it's something that we can't do. It's, you know, the gore, the horror, it's something we shouldn't do. It's something that we can see on TV, on movies and things like that, but it's, it's nothing we should ever dabble in. And to, to just touch on it from a distance, like I am when I'm writing, you know, just getting the ideas and putting them down on paper. It's kind of exciting because it's, it's, I, I feel like I shouldn't be doing this, but I kind of am, but not really. If you, if you can kind of understand what I mean, it's, I'm touching on the ideas and the emotions that people would go through if they actually pulled off these different crimes, but I'm not really doing it. 
Does that make sense at all? Yeah, no. And I think it, you know, what you're, what you're drawing on, I, I, we had a guy on here that was talking about how horror writing, he's a horror writer, Jay Thorne. And, you know, he, yeah. he, uh, talks about, you know, writing as therapy and, and because, you know, you're really tapping into kind of that dark side of all of us, right? That, yeah. that part of us right, that, exactly. that, that we know is not, you know, right, <laughs> but it's a, it's right. a, it's a healthier way to write a story than actually, you know, act on whatever. Exactly. Right. I mean, who's who's not fascinated by serial killers, by, you know, movie monsters and things like that. But mm-hmm. we're not going to be it ourselves. Right. But it's, it is fascinating to, to get into their minds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, yeah, culturally, that's that's it's fascinating because, you know, some of these, you know, serial killer shows on you know, Netflix and, and other movies mm-hmm. and things, books. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, there's a weird fascination of like, like how did they get to that point where, you know, right, they, they, had right. it, they had it in their head, they had it in their mind, like this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is, you know, finding pleasure in that, finding enjoyment in that. Obviously, there's some, yeah. you know, mental problems there, but, um, but yeah. yeah, what was the story behind that? I mean, it's interesting because you know a lot of the true stories they are there. There's abuse behind that. There's neglect. There's, oh yeah, you know all kinds of stuff. Domineering um, parents yeah. or parents. Yeah, yeah, and so not dealing with that in healthy ways, obviously. You know, um, and and I think there's, you know, like Stephen King talks about, there's writing about the things that just scare us to death or the things we're, you know, fearful of. That's a, that's a human primal common emotion feeling that we all, there's things we're all scared of. Um, and and I think that's why people, but we still want to be a part of it. That's why, that's why horror movies do so well. That's why Dexter did so well. That's why haunted houses do so well. We don't want to be hurt, but we want to be scared. Yeah. And somehow deal with it, I guess, in some way. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, so tell us, uh, you know, a little bit about the kind of the first uh, book that you, you know, uh, I think you told me like 2012, um, you know, you have this story right. idea, you know, it's kind of swollen on your head. You couldn't get out of your head. You wrote the book. Right. Uh, t- tell us kind of a little bit of, you know, what was that like when you, when you sat down to actually write this thing? I mean, I, had you written any, you know, full length novels before or tried your hand at that? Or was this your, really your first one? I'd never. Okay. No, I never did. Um, I was, uh, I was, I was in Texas, like I said, um, and uh, a buddy of mine, was walking towards me and he had a tattoo on his arm. And when he got to me, I said, man, could you imagine being tied down and having that thing cut off of you? And our eyes just popped open and, and a story started to get born in that moment. And, uh, we worked together. So every day we'd come in and we'd, we'd throw each other a little bit of a story that we thought of, you know, to further it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately my friend took his own life. Oh, wow. And the story, yeah, and the story had built so much between us that it it took on a life of its own. Honestly, it became a real thing, and I I I had to put it down on paper. And I I figured it would just be for me. Maybe I'd show it to two, two or three friends when I got done. I figured maybe it'd be twenty pages, thirty pages. Um, Twelve years later, it it's a full length novel, and uh, it's it's got so much. Oh, so many ideas and so many things in it from 12 years of thinking about it and 12 years of adding to it and taking away things that I didn't like and adding things that I did like, um, that it just, it, it came out. I mean, people love it. I mean, that's not coming from me. That's coming from everyone else. People love it. They tell me it's their favorite book. Um, I've had people drive a couple hours just to come and see me and have me sign their book. Um, one person said, I never realized how scary the written word could be until I read your book. And that just floored me, you know? Um, it's about, uh, you, you do want to know what it's about a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's about uh, a man who dresses up like a surgeon 
And uh, it takes place in the middle of a village in, in uh, Michigan called Walkerville. And it's a real place. It's a little village in, in Walkerville uh, in Michigan. And it's surrounded by the forest. Uh, in the book, the, the forest also uh, is kind of a character of its own because you're in the middle of this place. It's not, it, you know, whichever direction you run, you're in the middle of the forest, you know. Uh, but, but this man uh, knocks people out. When they wake up, they find themselves naked and tied down to an autopsy table. And he plays classical music. Then he approaches them and cuts their tattoos out of them, rips them out of their skin before he kills them. And the uh, the local sheriff uh, tries to figure out what's going on. You know, bodies start showing up, and uh, they enlist the uh, the Grand Rapids Homicide Department, who comes to help out. And uh, it's basically the, the two of them working together uh, as as much as they can to try to figure out you know who's doing this and, and why. I like that. <laughs> so, Thank you. so a lot, of, a lot of people at books, a lot of people at my book signing said, "Well, why does he, why does he cut the tattoos out?" Mm-hmm. I say, "Well, there's really just one way to find out." Yeah, well, they don't. Yeah, don't you read us. the book, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so this is great. So, you know, because uh, you know, we have a lot of you know first time writers, you know, just starting out or just starting to you know try mm-hmm. to get something published or get something out there, um, you know, right in the middle of National Novel Writing Month. So, it's, this is great. Uh, is mm-hmm. You know, so you have the seed of an idea. Now, obviously, I think one yeah. of the challenges is, you know, in a, in a question I get all the time is like, where do you get ideas, right? You know, how do you take this little seed of an idea and go, okay, I got an idea about tattoos that a guy cuts out and, mm-hmm. you know, punishes them, whatever. But but how do you, so how do you take that little seed of an idea and actually make a full length book? Like what, how, how is the process of kind of getting from just an idea to, backstory and characters and, and all that kind of what did yeah. that what did that look like for you well it's it's different from the first book uh tattoo of beautiful sin is the name of my novel uh and the book i'm doing now um the first book like i said i had my friend and we bounced ideas off of each other and it grew uh my second book i i took all the ideas before i even started writing took all the ideas that i had and i just put them down on paper on on the computer and just Every day, I'd think about it. And, you know, if it was just 10 minutes, I'd think about it. And I'd get two or three ideas, and I'd put them on my phone, come home at night, put them in my document. And I just did that for months until I just had, you know, pages and pages of just ideas. And from there, I turned them into an outline. Okay, well, this idea should be in Chapter 1, this idea should be in Chapter 5. And until I had all of my ideas placed kind of, you know, where I wanted them in in my outline. Uh, And from there, I, I started writing. And might turn out that this idea I had in chapter five now is in chapter three, you know, it's moving around a little bit, but it's just, it's the, the process is just, it's thinking about it constantly every day, furthering and furthering what you thought of yesterday. Um, it's funny because I'll, I'll just be in a store or something and I'll hear someone say a sentence and I'm like, that's brilliant. That's got to go in my book. And I'll write that down. Um, or I'll see something happen. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. I'll write that down. So really, it comes from my mind. And it comes from my life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I, I, you know, some some writers, you know, say you know, always keep a you know a note notebook, um, mm-hmm. you know, close by or some, or, you know. And now nowadays, it's just so great. You know, with our phones, it's so easy to just tap it. We've all down. got it on. Right. There's no yeah. There's there's no excuse not to. Right. Or or I know a guy who you know just speaks speaks right into his phone just does an audio you know recording hey don't yep. forget don't forget this yep. idea you know and get milk i do that too <laughs> and get milk for my wife i do that you know, too <laughs> or whatever yep. it is. And my best friend 
my best friend Jamie, uh, we we uh, every now and then we'll have a uh, a night where we'll stay up late and uh, have a bottle of something, uh-huh. and I'll just throw out the these ideas to him, and we start uh, you know batting them back and forth and making them grow, and so it's kind of like my first one as well, uh-huh. uh, and I really encourage people to do that because not only do you get a lot of ideas, but it's fun. You get to hang out with your best friend. Uh-huh. Well, that's great. Yeah. No, I love that. No, I, I love this this idea. You know, uh, Kenny, that you you know one book. You know, it's collaboration. In another book, it's it's maybe less collaborative. But you know, I think what mm-hmm. you're you're tapping into is that there really isn't one way to write a book. I think everyone thinks there's just this like nice, neat. You know, just do oh, this. Gosh, no. There's certain principles, but but a lot of times those ideas, you know, you just never know where they're going to come from. I mean, you're you're sitting there with your buddy, yeah. and all of a sudden it just clicks. Like, hey, that's a great idea, right? Um, and, and I think sometimes we we try too hard to find, you know, I got to find this killer idea. I got to find this, you know, uh, idea no one's ever thought of. But the reality is, like most things, you're mm-hmm. you know, aren't that new. I mean, there's really not a whole lot new under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of right. ta- taking common ideas or, or things that have been done and putting your own spin, your own angle on it, things like that. Um, so let, let let's keep digging a little further into that first book. So mm-hmm. um, so you got this idea. You're you're putting down all these other ideas uh, as far as you know maybe what the book could, could be. So what did, what did the first kind of foray into the novel? I mean, how, what, what was your experience of that? Like, you know, was it, was it difficult? Was it, you know, did it just flow out of you? Did it take forever? Like, did you have an outline in front of you? Like, how, how did you, how did you work that out? Well, I learned from my mistakes. Uh, the first book took me 12 years. Um, I would, um, I would work on it every now and then it wasn't like an everyday thing or, you know, even today it's not every day. I don't, I don't, uh, make it, Sure. I do it when I feel like doing it, which is a lot more than when I was writing my first book. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in an office and uh, every now and then they'd see me walking down the hall with a you know, manila folder in my, my hand looking like I was going to a meeting or something. Mm-hmm. I'd go in the bathroom and sit down and write for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I won't tell you about um, But, you know, uh, well, yeah, working a full-time job, uh, running a martial arts school at night, it did leave me a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. So it took me, you know, it took me 12 years mm-hmm. to, do, uh, to do the first one. Um, and I didn't have an outline. I just, I just kept uh, typing straight down the page, you know, and, until I, you know, was done basically. Um, I learned from that. I learned that, you know, put down all your ideas first, then make an outline and then, and then write it. It goes a lot quicker. And, uh, like you were saying, there's not one correct way to write. You're, you're absolutely right. For some people, there's only one way, you know, um, I'm, I'm learning. I've, I've changed my ways, uh, from, from my first book. And I'll probably change my ways uh, in, in the third book <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think you know, different books just just call for different things. I mean, sometimes your your ideas just come more fully formed. You know, you just have a lot of them. Sometimes it's just a seed yeah. of an idea, and so sometimes it's like, yeah, I need a really detailed outline, or I already have one, or I'm just going to go, you know, seat of mm-hmm. my pants or whatever. I, I don't think again, I yeah. don't think it matters. And most writers, you know, that I've talked to on this show. I mean, I have guys that have written you know 300 books and bestsellers, and yeah, you know, it's like, hey, I've, I've outlined, I've not outlined, I've you know had no idea, I've had yep. tons of ideas. I mean, it just you know, I've been sick while I wrote the one and a lot of times you can't even tell the difference. I mean, <laughs> is it any better or any worse? Yeah. Not necessarily. Right. Um, yeah. And so, and I think that's, what's fun about creativity is that, Hey, you can write a book, you know, sitting on the toilet in between work and, you know, yep. doing what you got to do. Right. Um, to and no the, one would ever know if they didn't hear your program. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what a great story. So, you know, when you're a bestseller, you can say, Hey, I wrote this book on the toilet. So, um, that's right. But, um, <laughs> So, you like to read on the toilet. I like to write on the toilet. Right, there you go. You got, you got to do what you got to do. Um, That's right. 
Yep. So, uh, so let, let's talk about, uh, just as you're, you know, you're getting to the end of the book, you got some kind of manuscript, uh, you know, what was the next mm-hmm. step there? I mean, did you show it to someone? Did you, do you have an editor? What would what, you do next? Well, yeah, I did actually. Um, I, I didn't tell my wife what I was doing for years. Mm-hmm. I would go down to my office I, um, and I'd say, I'm working on my project. And she would leave me alone. She had no idea what it was. Um, I was working uh, a job um, at, a, at a pharmacy, and they uh, they let me go. Hired some girl, you know, ten years younger and five dollars less an hour. And so I was without a job. And I I told my wife, I was like, "Look, here's what I've been doing. Um, I've been writing this novel for the last ten years, eleven years. And if if you can just take over for the next six months, you know, eight months, I can finish this thing and get this out." And she was like, I, you know, I don't know about that. And I gave her everything I'd written. You know, it was probably 75% done. And she read it and she came out and she said, this is brilliant. I, of, of course, you need to finish this. And so that's what I did. I, I took the next uh, six or eight months and I finished it. And um, I can't tell you what it felt like when I got that first box and opened it up and saw my book, my 12 years of, of trial and error and hardships and, and blood and sweat and tears staring me back in the face. There's, there's nothing else like that feeling. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. I think that's, you know, and, and, you know, and I know you, you, well, I I could assume, I guess is, you know, your story is very common. I had a a guy recently that was talking about the same, you know, writing his book on the train on the way to work for years and years and years and finally getting it done. And just that, that feeling of joy and like I did it, you know, but also looking back and going, you know, I should have did this a lot sooner. I I should have, you know, cranked it out faster. (laughs) And then, you know, then once you do the one, you're like, Hey, I got it. We got to get to the next one. What's the next story? You know? And yeah, and you really, you really, I think that's, I've talked about this recently is just something opens up when we, when we finish something. Um, I think that's the, the gift of national novel writing month. Those that participate in that is, you know, trying to finish a first, uh, rough draft in a month, just to, just to get something done, right. To, to kind of go from yeah. A to B, get it done and just feel the, the satisfaction of that knowing, Hey, I can do this. Like there, there's just something yeah. that, that kind of opens up for you. So, so yeah, that, that's great. And then, um, so did you have like an editor? Did you have a proofreader? What, what was kind of the, the polishing process? Yeah. Of- yeah, I had uh, two or three editors, actually, um, paid for a couple of them, and I still found errors uh, a year after they were done with it. Sure. So, <laughs> yep. so yeah, it, it's on, uh, like, uh, number four, number five, you know, uh, right now. <laughs> well, but, and, yeah, it's. It, I mean, what do you do, you know? Yeah, yep. and, you know, I think it, it's funny. I, uh, I, I just read a, a nonfiction book probably a few months ago. And, uh, mm. it made me laugh because I opened the book and literally on the first page, there was a mistake. And don't you hate that? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, and I thought I'm like, here's a, this is a big name publisher. You know, this is a best selling book. And on the first page there's, you know, there must be tens wow. of thousands of books with this air right on the yeah. first paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, and you know what it, it, and it happens, I think it's right? why I'm, I'm a grammar Nazi now. Yeah. Yep. But, but, <laughs> That's but it why also, I'm always co- correcting people. <laughs> yeah. But, but on the positive side, it's like, it happens. There's no perfect books. There's stuff's going to fall through the cracks, even with, you know, nine yeah. editors and, you know, using software and everything else. Um, so, you know, those that are right. listening, like, don't, don't stress over it. You're going to find stuff. The, the beauty of, you know, digital is that you can fix it. Paperback's a little harder, but, but even, you right. know, being able to fix those, those errors is always, always an easy thing. Um, so then you, yeah. you got it edited. I, I really like your cover. So did you have different, um, iterations of your cover or did you, um, 
you, you know, do it yourself? Did someone else do it? How, how'd that work? That's a funny story. Uh, actually, I put an ad out on Craigslist saying I needed a cover drawn, okay. uh, you know, naked woman uh, tied down, getting cut, basically. Um, four or five, you know, six people sent me some artwork, and I finally uh, ended with with the guy that, uh, that did my cover. I said, I like your style. Let's get together, meet at uh, Bread Company, and, and talk about you know, doing my cover. He goes, well, I'm in the Philippines. <laughs> what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, artists, we just get on Craigslist all over the world, and we can do everything digitally and send it to you digitally. Mm-hmm. So I'd never met the guy. Hmm. Great. Yeah, but I plan on having him do my next one as well, just so it uh, stays in the same style. you know. Okay. Yeah, I actually had, a, I had I did a middle grade novel and I needed some illustrations and uh, I think she lives in India and I uh, did a great great yeah. job and uh, yeah <laughs> it was, yeah there there's I mean that that's what's so fun about the indie world too is there's so many great artists and people that are looking to you know show off their work too um, it's, mm-hmm. it's a great great looking cover um, uh, so so you got the cover and then you know did you have any kind of you know inkling of you know I need to market this thing or I'm just going to share it with my friends and family or you know what, what did that process look like you know what at first um, I, I was just going to show it to my friends and my family I wasn't planning on uh, you know promoting it doing book signings anything like that it was just I was going to have 20 made and here here's what I did this is what I've been doing the last 12 years um, but what I got back, the feedback that I got back from all of my friends and my family, they were, they were like, this is a real novel. This is really, really good. This isn't like somebody's first novel. This isn't, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't something you need to keep to yourself. You've got to get this out. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I was, I, you know, I did it with create space, which, you know, I'm sure half of us do at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, I'll print a bunch more up and I, I talked to, uh, a local guy, um, Chris McQuillan, he's also known as Toy Man, and he runs a, a show here, a toy show every couple months, and uh, he has artists and authors and, and people at his show. And I said, hey, can I can I come do your show sometime? And he said, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, that was my first show, and I sat down and I talked to people about my book, and just talking to them reignited the the excitement that I had that I, that I wasn't really thinking about uh, since I had finished writing it. But as soon as I talked to people about it, and they're like, wow, that's really cool. You know, that, that, that sounds like a great story. Let me get one from you. That's, that's uh, kind of a, a unique experience, a, a strange feeling for someone to pay for something that you did. Because before, you know, I kind of gave some out. And, and then when people are, are buying them from me, it's, it's, a, it's a different level. You know, I mean, I'm a small fish in a small pound. I know that. Uh, but it, it does feel kind of surreal when someone pays you for something that you spent so much time on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, um, kind of got bigger, kind of got bigger. Um, there was a, there's a company, um, dark moon press, uh, who got uh, wind of it and decided they wanted to pick me up and be my publisher. So that's, uh, that's who publishes it now. Okay. And, um, you know, and so now I'm, I'm kind of going around the Midwest doing, uh, appearances and, and book signings, uh, you know, pretty much every weekend. And, uh, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I was, I was not a writer. I was not a writer. I was not an author. I was a guy working in an office, you know, and, and the next thing you know, uh, I finished it and now I'm, I'm getting my, my word out and people are loving it. That's great. I love that. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, you know, the, the other part we were talking earlier about just, you know, the, the path of writing, there's not one way is that you, you just never know how it's going to, how it's going to kind of pan out. I mean, it's, you talk to this person, someone else sees it and all of a sudden you're, you know, getting your work published by a publisher and, and yeah, exactly. just a few years before that you're working a job and not really thinking about that. 
And, uh, yeah. And yeah. so that's the, I think there's, you know, the, the scary part is there's so many opportunities these days. I mean, there are a lot of different platforms now and ways to get our work out, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, I think that opens the door for a lot of folks that, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a Stephen King. You don't have to be a, you know, you know, no. a, a Grisham or, or anyone like that. I mean, right. th- there's so many channels and platforms that, you know, small press, big press, indie press, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you can get mm-hmm. work out there. And that's exciting. Um, so yeah, you, I, I noticed you have it on, you know, Kindle and audiobook and paperback. Um, right. And did you do your, uh, your audiobook through like ACX or did you do it on your own or how'd that work? Uh, I did it on my own through ACX. Okay. Um, I, I recorded it and I uploaded it and oh, great. had my voice on there. <laughs> how was how that? Tell, tell us a little about that. Uh, I know I've had people ask about oh, my God. doing audiobook. It's, it was I know, terrible. Yeah, I know it can, it can take forever. <laughs> it took forever. I had no idea. Right. Um, you know, I can sit and read a book, but once I'm doing it into a microphone, I can get maybe two or three sentences in before I've got to stop and edit because right. I messed something up. It literally took me months, uh, like three months, to record the entire book. Okay. Um, it was so tough to do. Um it was kind of cool too because uh, I changed my the, the voice modulation when I was uh, playing the killer. You know, I changed my voice a little bit when I was playing different characters, so you could tell who was speaking. You know, so I kind of learned uh, quite a bit about it when I was doing it. I will never do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a friend that said he would do it for I don't know for three hundred dollars, and I would have been robbing him. I mean, it's so much work and it yeah. takes so much time. Um, yeah, next time I'm hiring someone to do it for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think I heard someone say it's like it takes like an hour of you know recording to get like fifteen minutes or something. I mean, of actual usable, uh, yeah. usable stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would totally agree with that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> you're thinking of now multiply that by seven and a half hours. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Well, that's great. So, um, so this book came out. The first one was was it? What, what was the year that it actually came out? Actually, came out in uh, twenty twelve. Okay. And so after it kind of came out, you know, getting some traction, you know, publishers start mm-hmm. coming around, you know, later friends and family are going, Hey, yeah. this is great. Um, you know, what was it, what was kind of the, you know, life stage at that point? Was it, Hey, I need to get a, you know, uh, a second book done. I need to work on that. What, what, where were you at in that process? Well, um, I, I had really always planned on doing three books, but at the time I was like, Oh my God, I can't even think about writing anymore. You know, 12 years, literally 12 years. Um, I was just thinking, <laughs> I was just thinking once it started picking up, I was, like, I was just thinking, okay, I'm just going to get, get the word out, you know, start, start getting, uh, you know, people to, to know who I am and kind of understand this, the story and things like that. Um, and I didn't expect it to get any further than that. And then, uh, like I said earlier, you know, people would drive two hours just to come and see me. Um, I'd get lines at my table of people. I had no idea who they were. And they're like, oh, I just loved your book. I wanted to come and see you. I wanted to meet you. You know, and it it, it makes you feel uh, like Stephen King, you know, even though I know I'm not. Um, it's it's pretty cool. Um, it, it's nothing that I expected, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, and uh, something else I was going to I was going to throw out there is uh, it doesn't happen overnight. It, I, I sent literally 150 um, uh, queries to uh, to different uh, publishers got back 150 i'm sorry but that's not what we're looking for mm-hmm. so if if you are a new writer and you send out you know 20 or 30 uh you know to these people and you get rejected don't feel bad you're going to get 150 you're going to get 200 before you get a yes you know it's just it doesn't happen it's it's not like you, you write a book pay hey, a millionaire it, it's not like that 
So that's a good uh, good segue. I always, I always like to ask our guests. So if you were, you know, you had a live microphone to the world and you said, hey, yeah. here's some some writerly truths, principles, ideas uh, yeah. that you would want to share with, with, you know, aspiring writers, current writers, you know, what would be some of the things you've learned kind of so far in your, your journey of, of, of writing? What would be some, some words of wisdom you'd want to give us? Your, your book is your self-expression. It's you. It's your spirit in, in that book. A pretty well-known author uh, here in St. Louis uh, started reading my book. He said, well, first of all, you can't have a prologue. That's that we don't do that anymore. You know, authors don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I took what he said and I kind of thought about it. And I was like, you know what? This is this isn't his book. It's not everybody's book. This is my book. And this is how I feel. I feel like this needs to be before the story. They need to know this. And so I left it in there and uh, it, it's it's worked. And so don't don't let another author say, well, no, no, no. It's got to be A, B and C. It can't be C, B, D, A, X, because it can. It can be whatever you want. You could be the Quentin Tarantino of, of writing. You can mess everything up and still make it work at the end. It's 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 you. It's what you feel. It's your expression. Mm, that's good. Yeah. What else? What any other truths? Any other tips you'd give? Um. Yeah, uh, I'd say write from the heart. Write what you know. I mean, that's so cliche. I know that's so cliche. Mm-hmm. But my book, uh, Tattoo of Beautiful Sin. I'm actually a few characters. My my personality is in a few of the characters in that book mm-hmm. um including the killer there's some things that uh he feels or does um that i've felt and done not killed anybody i'll, <laughs> I'll stress that <laughs> um there's there's uh there's a scene in my book where they're talking about uh one time uh when they were kids they were driving down you know in the backwoods and uh there was a sign and it said road closed and they're like oh we need this for our bedroom wall and so they grabbed the sign and they stuck it in the car and they took off as fast as they can thinking the cop was going to come and get them. And they had a big puddle of water and their car was almost immersed. And everybody just stopped and looked up and read the sign that said road closed. And that actually happened to me. That's something from back in high school. So I, I write what I know. I write experiences that happen to me, funny things that happen to you, uh, interesting things, scary things. Put them in your book. If they were scary, interesting, or funny, everybody else is going to find it like that too. So put yourself in there. Yep. No, that's good. I, I think that some of the time that's the best writing, you know, that you kind of fictionalize something that happened to you and kind of what's really a mm-hmm. part of you. Um, no, that's great. So Kenny, so tell us uh, where we can, can find you and then, um, yeah, tell us what you're working on and what you have coming out in the future. Sure. Um, well, I'm on uh, uh, Facebook. You can find me on there. You can find me under Kenny Sills. Or you can find me at Tattoo a Beautiful Sin. Uh, I'm on the uh, ebooks, all the e-readers, things like that. Uh, you can email me at tattooauthor at gmail.com. And uh, right now, I'm working on the second book in the trilogy, and I can't say anything about it because it will give away a lot of the first book. But uh, it's going to tie in uh, beautifully, and uh, it's going to scare a lot of people. I love it. So. Uh, as, as we close up here, um, it's your time to, to pitch your book. So, or at least the books of Kenny Sills. So what are people going to connect? What are they going to get from a Kenny Sills book? I mean, why are they going to like this? Why are they going to lose sleep over it? And, you know, read in the bathroom during work hours, uh, to finish your book. Ready to go. Be, be, well, okay. Um, tattoo a beautiful sin can happen. 
if you stab Jason in the in the face and the heart and he dies, he gets back up. That can't really happen. But someone back in the woods, back, someone uh, in a uh, truck stop, someone you know behind a building at night could knock you out and tear you up and kill you. That's real. That can really happen, and that does really happen, unfortunately. That's something that happens daily. So to read my book is to get yourself into the mindset of what can really, really happen to you. Uh, maybe that's uh, another reason I do martial arts, because I know how bad the world is. I know uh, what, it, what it's capable of. And if you read my book, you're, you're going to realize that, and you're going to think twice uh, when you go outdoors after that, especially if you go out into the woods. I love it. Well, hey, Kenny, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. You know, best of luck to you. Thanks for, you know, helping out a lot of writers. I think your story is a, a great inspiration to a lot of people that are listening and just getting started. And, uh, yeah, all the best to you, brother. Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to contact me and talk, shoot me an email. Great. Well, thanks, Kenny. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck. Thank you. Well, there you have it, prolific writer nation, Kenny Sills. What a great episode. It's amazing when you think about where ideas come from and, and why good ones stick. And I, lo- I love his story of, of just following this little trail and how him and his buddy came up with this idea and how it just kind of st- stuck with him and how he just kept going down that, route, that road to write that first novel, even though it took, took many years. Uh, and I think that's an important thing. I think when you're, when you're thinking about ideas or new ideas is, is really what are the ones that stick? What are, what are the ones that you just keep coming back to, the ones that kind of haunt you? And I think those are usually the ones that... that that, that you should pursue. And I, and I think, especially in our, our day and age, when everyone's chasing markets and chasing, you know, whatever the hottest, latest thing is, is, is really to write, as Kenny said, to, to write from the heart. And your book is you, I think is some great advice. And, and, and to really write what you think is, is the idea. It's the thing that just sticks with you, the thing you need to, to, to write about. So thanks, Kenny Sills, for coming on the show. All his information will be in the show notes. Go check out his books. He's got, I know he's got another one coming out. Uh, go sign up for his newsletter, get connected with the Kenny Sills world. And just a couple things before we wrap up our episode today is one is one great way to support the prolific writer podcast and to support a family of great podcasts on the project entertainment network is through our Patreon page. And I'll put that in the show notes, patreon.com. It's a way to sh- support artists and uh, we're giving away a lot of cool stuff. Um, there's, there's insider goodies, some stories we're giving away. Uh, some videos where you can kind of see behind the scenes of how the shows are made, how the sausage is made, if you will, and uh, get some great interviews and things. So check out the Patreon page as for as little as a buck, you can support this show and all the great shows of the project entertainment network. And lastly, which is really important is if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, that really helps us uh, or wherever you listen to the show, Stitcher. Um, I don't think we're on SoundCloud, but, but most of the, the podcast uh, places, wherever you listen to these, download these, it just really helps us get out in the world. I know most people listen on iTunes, but uh, leave a rating review. Thank you for all the kind comments and ratings and reviews already. It really helps uh, me and helps us get the show out in the world. And I'm so blessed to be able to do this. Thank you for all the kind emails and if there's other people that you want to see on the show, people you have in mind that you're like, hey, I need to interview this person, shoot me an email, hit me up on social media. I'd love to find those people and stalk them and get them on the show. And before we go, I just have one more thing to say is go get those words on the page. I'll talk to you real, real soon.
Join us each Wednesday on the Mondo Method Podcast, brought to you by Project Entertainment Network. The Mondo Method Podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buddha as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron Sweet Almahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method Podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. 